all these schools and colleges have so much offerings to give you, right? Ultimately, it comes down to you focusing on what offerings you require, what offerings will best progress you and your goals, what offerings match Roger, right? Ultimately, that's the question you have to answer, and that will clear the way to the school for you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're here with all, right, all we got. Look, look, I'm I'm excited for this episode. It's already the energy is evident, and uh, yeah, we are back at it. We haven't done this in a while, Jake. We haven't done this in a really long time. This is another episode of the Delaware College Scholars Podcast. I'm your humble and always hungry host, Jake Myers, joined by my esteemed colleague, Program Director, Community Liaison, Jordan Bonner. How are we doing today, bud? I'm doing great. How y'all feeling? And would you like to introduce our um, esteemed guest? Yes. So we have someone who is an OG in the program. Uh, I've known him since he was... 10 years old, which is uh, ridiculous. Yes, guys. How old are you, 22 now? I'm 22 now, yeah. yeah. So Roger Broussard, uh, he's a recent Villanova Recent graduate, graduate yep. Very um, recent. Very recent graduate from Villanova. Graduated like two months ago. Does um, it feel like that? No, it doesn't. It feels like yesterday and I had, I mean, both feel like I just graduated. Mm-hmm. And it also feels like school was over for a while just because like the energy going off of, you know, COVID and stuff. So I already kind of felt like it was over and it was time to transition to the next thing. So mm-hmm. definitely excited for the next transition. Well, look, we start every episode with our guests sharing a little bit about themselves. Um, but oftentimes people don't care about sort of, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the impetus of your journey. Yeah, but yeah. I'm curious just to hear about your involvement, particularly with DCS and mm-hmm. what attracted you can to I the program. Frame, can I frame it another way? Okay, go yeah, ahead. I'm interested, as Jordan is, when you graduated this spring or whatever, mm-hmm. you were you called us yeah. about working here. Yeah. So I'm actually like we, we can talk about how like often that you've been a part of the program and how many years and all that stuff, but like why, why did, did you I call? call us? Yeah, why did I call? I mean ultimately why I called was because I, I actually called coming out of an interview and when I came out of that interview I was just reflecting on all the interviews I just did, and I, DCS was a con- consistent talking point, right? Like, the things I had done here and learned here were able to, like, be translated into viable skill sets um, for me to, like, push um, and advocate for myself as having, and I did all that and learned all of that while here as an advisor, so my time here was just constantly being talked about, and it was also... And both the, the skill set as well as, like, passion. What are the, what is these things that you do beyond work hmm. conversation, um, which would always come up. And that was able to fill that void as well. Um, so, yeah, it just kept coming up. There was no reason. So when I reflected after coming out of those interviews, I was like, wow. Like, it was, had such an impact. I really hadn't resolved or reflected on the impact until that moment. And when reflecting on it, I was like, wow. It got me this interview, it might give me this job, and now I have, well, really, okay, it really had, it got me a job, so I got a job. <laughs> so when I got the job, I was like, wow, now I know my start date, I have a free summer, 
Like, what am I going to do with it? At the same time, I'm feeling these these things about DCS being the talking point that I'd always, I kept reflecting on, and it just kind of came together. Like, I have a free summer. Why not just be back? It's all, I don't know. It just felt like I'd already talked it into existence by just mentioning DCS. Hmm. In my conversations, I had already manifested it happening. It was just a phone call away. So... I just made the phone call. It had nothing to do with just wanting to work with your two really good buddies. I mean, if we're really getting into the nitty gritty <laughs> of like where I wanted to spend the summer, yeah, of course that's through. I mean, I'm, I'm from Houston, Texas, right? Like Jordan. So when I go home, home is Texas. So, but I've been here since high school. So all the friends that I would have had, um, everyone that I've you know come to learn, part of my village is here now, right? So as I'm transitioning to the next point in my life I understand that I might be in Houston preferably for my own financial reasons and whatnot but also with the nature of my job I could be anywhere in the United States so this may very well be one of my last opportunities in the near future right like there's no definites like I would definitely be coming back around but in the near like one two years that I might be in this area to hang out with my people and Mm -hmm. my people of course include Boogie and Jake Myers so Real quick question. So you mentioned that you learned a lot of sort of transferable skills mm-hmm. from DCS and now sort of in your interview prep and mm-hmm. the job. What are some of those skills? Because people wouldn't necessarily associate, yeah. oh, yeah, what, you know, you being a student advisor at DCS, to you being able to get a job. Mm-hmm. So what were some of the things that you realized helped you? Well, specific to the career field that I'm in, mm-hmm. there are certain skills and then particular to just me as a person and growing there's a set of skills so to the to the first and I, I am now going into marketing and communication so like that very first program assistant role I had before I became student advisor really allowed me some of those initial communication skills I was doing the tours I was being doing the photography helping on the cinema uh, cinema uh, the video recordings and the iMovie clips putting together cinematography yeah. there the word is yeah. Uh, we can just edit. We can just edit. Cinematography. Cinematography. But, yeah, so it gave me those um, type of skills. I was helping on the website, website design. So all of those type of skills, literally directly to my field, I was getting exposed to at 16, 17. So directly to the career I'm going into now, those are those types of skills. And beyond that, I mean, it taught me personability. It taught me how to engage even more diverse group of people because or I would say not more diverse group of people rather it it may let me revisit almost kind of like a homey feel of the type of people I was around because I was going to a boarding school so the diversity was not as was not similar to the diversity of my public schools back at home so going back to DCS was almost kind of refreshing in that sense getting that community back of lower income black and brown students to be around so that was a great time as well Mm -hmm. um Beyond that, when I was able to be head student advisor and got into more, you know, managing-ish type of um, skill set that allowed me, you know, just learn how to manage the room, how to manage people, communication skills um, internally and then externally. Like, how am I going to communicate with the advisors um, that I'm working with and then how am I going to communicate with the people that are giving me the instructions or how am I going to communicate with the People I meet on the trips because I'm now, you know, certain sort of the, the first face of mm-hmm. many faces that they'll see. So that type of impression. So those types of skill sets also learn. And that helps me as a person and like as a career, just managing, you know, myself and learning how to step beyond, you know, because I, I feel like sometimes the fault in that is hierarchical understandings and beliefs. When you get into those 
head or managing positions, but it allowed because of the nature of our work and how fluid and flexible we have to be and the fact that we're friends and friendly and the fact that we're all about the same age is almost egalitarian in the way and the approach we tackle things is very team effort. Um, and that helped translate considerably into marketing where things are always team oriented. Mm -hmm. um, but beyond mm -hmm. that, just in class and everything, I was able to manage being in a team while also being in a team as a leader, right? And learn leadership skills and whatnot throughout the, like mm -hmm. that time. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. You got something, Jake? What initially, so you started working at DCS going into your salt or junior, junior year at St. Andrews, right? So yeah. you were 16? Yeah, I believe I was 16. So, like, I guess that initial summer, like, what were your expectations mm -hmm. going in? Like, like how did Tony present the opportunity mm -hmm. to you? Yeah. Um, well, one of the difficulties I found in going to boarding school um, was that when I went home, I hadn't put any roots down for working. So whereas I found, and that revelation didn't really come into college, but everyone in college, when they wouldn't go back home, they had things set up from high school, Dunkin' Donuts, XYZ. But that is a privilege left for if you're staying at home and you have the mobility to do those things. So being in boarding school was limiting in that way um, that I had nothing to set up over the summer. So every summer was a blank summer. I could have tried to pursue things, but then, you know, your late start, people have already been transitioning in those. Those spring jobs are just becoming from part-time to full-time over the summer. Um, so there was difficulty there. So transitioning sophomore, junior year, uh, I had had a round of college counseling. And at the time, Tony Aline was my advisor. Um, but the relationship was not so counselor to student necessarily because um, I was pretty proactive in the process and, and was a self-learner. So I was attempting to self-teach the process of college, like what to know, college readiness, I guess, while I was being counseled on it. So I guess kind of that balance of recognition in, in our relationship opened up that opportunity um, for him having his own nonprofit, uh, being about college readiness, um, you know, and getting and interjecting at a crucial time in high schoolers' lives. I think we just kind of bridge naturally. So he proposed to me um, to join the team. He you know, laid it out foundationally what it was. Um, so I understood the premises of the program. Um, and he offered me the program assistance, so a very introductory way of getting more familiar with the program. That's the beauty of that first year was um, it took kind of the burden of the advising and whatnot off of me, and it allowed me just to learn what the program was about from the angle of the third person, the fly in the room, right? I had gotten to take the pictures and sit in and hear what, we were, what they were talking about, get familiar with it. So I was prepared um, past that point when I was able to transition to student advisor and other roles. Uh, what else is the part of the question? I think that's good. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to follow up a little bit or, or go in a different direction, but on that line, like mm -hmm. if I had one word to describe you, I mean, describe you as a connector, mm -hmm. just like your ability to connect with various groups, types of people, and just think when I see you, it can be early in the morning, I can be very frustrated, I'm always going to smile. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, like, like there's Roger. I guess, why are you like that? Or have you always been like that? Like you know, It's intangible though too. But right? yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's like definitely something like I saw you this morning and I was not having a great morning and it's 6.30 or whatever and here comes Rajon and I just like <laughs> smile. Uh, and, and, and that, but that energy feeds throughout whether it's like student advisors or whether it's our students, whether it's teachers. So it's, it's definitely like there, like I'm not making mm -hmm. it up. So mm -hmm. 
Um, where does the op- I don't um, I don't necessarily what I can describe to you is I guess my like understandings and belief as I meet people, right? And maybe that'll help like I guess understand it a bit. But as I meet people, I recognize like a few things. Like one thing I recognize is that I don't know very like Socratic thinking. Like I don't know anything, right? Everything I know, I really don't know. Um, thought. So because of that, I also know not to judge anybody because I don't know. I don't know your life. I don't know right from wrong myself. So who am I to judge? So I like a very non-judgmental in one way when I meet people. Um, so maybe that adds to it. I'm also just kind of a go with the flow guy. So I mean, I try to meet people where they are, um, wherever you are. I'm just trying to meet your energy, reciprocate and whatnot. So maybe that adds to it. Um, I don't know. I'm really also I'm keen into learning about other people. I'm very interested. Like my interests would include like culture, foreign uh, language, religion. Like those are my interests because those are so diverse and so vast, but so representative of the the differences amongst us and the types of people we have. So like I'm like for one of the best class I had in high school was my sophomore year religion class because it was it was like a world study class almost because you got to see these beliefs of everyone you see the similarities the differences you get the historical approach the mystic approach you get all this context like understanding of the concepts and context and what I'm left and resolved to understand is one I don't know much <laughs> two it's so vast out there I mean relatively speaking it it kind of depends on where you're born what you might believe um and all in all, I'm just, like, so open to all of that concepts and digesting it. So, I don't know. When I meet people and the energy I bring is that I try to learn more about you. I wanna, I'm want i very curious into your cultures, your language. Because those differences are, like, our similarities. Where there's just differences because we don't know them. Mm. Right? I don't know. So, mm. that's my perspective. So, that's kind of, I don't know. Isn't he so intuitive? Like, Smart guy. Yeah. Who, who's your sophomore religion teacher? Cunan. Shout Mr. Out. Kuna, shout out to Mr. Kuna. He was he was his first time teaching that year. Uh, did a phenomenal job, phenomenal job. Shout Knocked out Haverford. Shout out Haverford. Yeah. Yes, sir. I don't know. When you reflect on your journey, what are you most what are you most proud of? Right now, my like finishing. Right, it's like I really feel as I started the college process in seventh grade right like the whole and it all evolved the goal the end goals evolved as we went on but the trip the process started when i was in middle school at kip kip through college like started then and the goal changed over time but eventually the goal became to not only complete college but finish and graduate with a job and as i learned more about schools and with the college process my expectations for salary and you know career goals and everything started to become a little bit more clear um, but overall, I feel like that journey has been a long one. Since I was like 13, I feel like I embarked. I had to leave home, or this is how I felt at the time. I had to leave home. I had to go to boarding school, make that commitment, um, make the commitment to my education, um, go where um, was you know best for me, both for my educational purposes and my financial purposes. So like all of that has been guiding me, and only now do I feel like I not only finished my task and saw it through, but I really feel like I really just hit my goals. Like I did what I told my parents I was gonna do. The day I sat down and said, I'm gonna go to Villanova, 
And they said, why? It's a little bit more expensive than this. And I explained that I didn't have a direction. They offered me a business school in some sort of direction um, for just a little bit more and all of that. And I promised that they, I, I pulled up the website. Their average salary says, I said, I'm going to hit that number or exceed it. Promise you. And I made the promise and I hit it. So finishing that is probably my most recent. I mean, honestly, I just feel like that is a big accomplishment because I've been doing it for so long. Like, it's just been always the thing so long. Mm-hmm. And I'm done. Yeah. I have the paper. Right. I'm like getting teared out. Like, I did it. How important of a role did your parents play or do your parents play in your drive and your motivation to succeed? I mean, I would say that they model my, like, my response and my work ethic because, like, my mom, anytime I need something, it's just a phone call away. Like, in her response, ha, Anna Maria Rodriguez Bobe Broussard, when I call her, she doesn't say I'm going to try. She just moves. My mom has always worked. Like She works a lot. She works two jobs right now. She's always worked two jobs, um, two or three. If I need something, she just does it. I don't mention it, and she does it. <sighs> always in my corner, uh, my pops. Same. He helps me a lot with my mental and stuff. Yeah. Um, Roger Del Broussard Sr. is also a champ. He, uh, when I was in elementary school, right off the Great Depression, time's tough, he left home, went overseas to Iraq and stuff as a citizen for a long time, for what seemed like a long time at the time, um, just to make sure we could eat. I think, um, to keep, to put it short, I recognize a lot of what my parents have done. Yeah, I recognize what they've done and what they couldn't do because because of the stuff that they had to do for me. Um, so that's just a constant reminder in my head. Um, just enough old, you know. It can be tough. But I have a representation of it's tough, and you accept it that it's tough, and you work through it. You didn't really question it. You didn't say you were going to try. You just did it. Um, and those the type of people that my parents are, and I carry that with me. Love you, man. Love you too, man. Hey, good job. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the two goats, <laughs> Anna and Roger. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, shout out to the goats. Whew. I don't talk about that stuff much. Go for the next question. I'm good for the next question. Hey, it's just hard to transition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, my bad. My bad. No, I'm good. I'm bad. No, I'm bad. It's more so just like as the thoughts go, it's just like, damn. You gotta like say this out loud. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate you sharing for sure. I just like one, if I if I if, if I, one is hard to you know take that car back and just take the <laughs> steering wheel back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and two, yeah. to not get emotional myself. Just uh, seeing you uh, yeah. pay tribute to as you said the two goats. 
Uh, it's hardworking people. I come from hardworking people. Um, so I've just adopted a hardworking mentality. It's going to take quite a lot to knock me off my course mm-hmm. because of that. I feel like we're good. We know who Roger <laughs> Yeah. I mean, maybe share some advice for... Yeah. What advice do you give an advisor when kids ask you, whether it's about the college process, college itself, you know, what do you tap into when you're speaking to them about your experience uh, in college? I mean, a lot of the advice I give is centered around really just slowing down and your thinking um, and digesting what you are thinking what you're trying to think about, the next steps and everything. Uh, sometimes we're moving too fast. Um, we're so stuck on like, what we th- think is going to be the best path, what we think the outcome might be. Um, just really slowing down and digesting it and then processing, especially when it comes to college and your next steps, that it's more about you than about anywhere you're applying to. It's ultimately about finding I mean, everyone says this, but really what fits you and what it means is when you're assessing a university or anything, you don't ask, you know, what, why this school, right? It's not why Delaware State, it's not why Villanova, it's not why UD, it's why am I going to fit here? Why am I going to fit here? Because though all these universities, all these schools and colleges have so much offerings to give you, right? Ultimately, it comes down to you focusing on what offerings you require, what offerings will best progress you and your goals, what offerings match Roger, right? Ultimately, that's the question you have to answer, and that will clear the way to the school for you and from my perspective so the advice i offer is really to slow down digest and think think about the now and the future but don't be so stuck on the road you believe is the best or necessarily the goal you see in mind but digest you and yourself you where are you on the road not just what is the road in front of you and what's the end goal but where are you on it how are you taking in and how is the road benefiting you it's not you don't want to go on the best road you want to go on the road that's best for you. Right? There's a lot of roads. Who's the dean? Which is best? Um, so ultimately f- asking the question of not why this university or why this program, what do those things match for me? What do those things, how do I fit in the picture? Am I, because you can go to Harvard, whatever school you put on your pedestal can be the school um, that you believe is the best objectively. But subjectively, is all on you. What Does it represent what you stand for? Does it represent your values? Or does it values progress you and challenge you? Or uh, none of those things. And none of those things are being satisfied, then that really is not the place for you. Uh, but digesting that is, I guess, some, a lot of the advice is centered around. You want to do the uh, fun stuff? Mad minutes. Um, <laughs> Rapid fire questions. You're a fraud because you haven't listened, so you don't know what's coming. So we, so we, so we just pepper back and forth. Right. And just random questions. And, about it's, you. and it's never a minute. Like we say, mad minute, but yeah. it never is a minute. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Hmm. Yeah. Who's your favorite sports team? Ah, uh, not playing. Um. So, hmm. 
Uh, we'll just go with go the Rockets. Nova. We'll go. Just go Nova. Yeah, there we go. Why, why, that's such a safe just go answer. Nova basketball. <laughs> that's such a great like, answer. Like, it's so safe. Man's basketball, Villanova University, definitely the go-to. Uh, who's the best residential leader on Hilliard? The residential leader in 2011, 2012, the leader in 2014, 2015, or the residential leader in 2017, 2018? Um, to answer that question, I would say that undoubtedly. 1718 that year <laughs> it doesn't get much better as far as people energy vibes absolute sauce everybody can have some juice but sauce is long lasting i have a quick i have a quick rebuttal go ahead I mean, i'm not saying i'm the best but at least i know it's called an rl not an ra <laughs> Well, we were using layman's terms for the layman's terms for those listening. Because I know you're a big language guy. Yo, no, 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 of course, of course. Okay. That was layman's terms. Because okay. in case, because RL, okay. that's not traditional. Okay. A leader versus an right, but advisor. See, advisor. But see, one might say that because you said RA that you are traditional and that the leaders in 14, uh, more 15, and 11, 12. More innovative. Yeah, yeah, a little more. <laughs> they, 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 they were trying something. Perhaps. Uh, they were uh, uh, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Oh, MJ. MJ. MJ, still. Still. Hmm. Favorite song? Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Favorite? <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite meal that your mom cooks? Oh, okay. Dang. Okay, look, let me go. Favorite dessert, because that's clear as day. Peach cobbler. I refuse to touch another soul's peach cobbler. They don't include, like, your peach syrup. I can tell. Simply said, I can tell by the syrup, by the peaches, the lack of crust, I can tell. Your peach cobbler is not up to par, so dessert, peach cobbler, that was an easy answer. Um, it's hard to denom- denote which of my mother's meals are the best. Fan favorite. The one that she hasn't made in forever is enchiladas, which is not so spectacular, but she does like a layered enchilada, like it's a lasagna. Mm. So, shoo, stack, stack, stack. So, that square, or egregious rectangle, I should call it, because it's, you know, amazing. (laughs) An egregious way. I mean, if I could show you, because I'm a corner specialist, as we all know, (laughs) check the IG for the video. At Roger Broussard, corner specialist. Um, 3D. 100% shooting. <laughs> um, beyond the point, corner specialist. So the lasagna corner, you know, the ruffled edges. Egregious. Oh, no, oh, no, we got it. We got it. Oh, okay, just to ask me. So enchiladas, she hasn't made that in forever. So, Ma, when you listen to this, you know enchiladas. You would like her to. I would, I would love her to. Um, shout out to my mom. What else? It's a... It was just, it was just, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, it was just a Yeah, my bad. Just the peach cobbler. How about, how about your last meal, like, ever? To the last question before that question, I'm answering for Pops, too. He can fry the hell out of a turkey. So, fried turkey. But my last meal? Yeah. Yeah, you should pull up. Pull up to Thanksgiving. You won't be disappointed. But last meal would include... Highly likely last meal would be a culmination of the best grubs from, like, fast food spots. So it would probably be, like, a Chick-fil-A breakfast biscuit as well as, right, you got you to gotta give a little bit of each because you won't, I won't be able to eat it all. Right. So little waffle fries as well. Mm-hmm. McDonald's, 
some fries, of course, and apple pie, of course, and a hot and spicy. If you're not from down low, you don't know what a hot and spicy is. You're just not privileged to the information, but I'll inform you. Never mind. <laughs> you almost had me. Um, so a uh, hot and spicy, if you know, you know. That would be up there. Chicken and waffles from a good spot. What was, I think it was a spot in Middletown called 1812. 1821. 18, 18, 1861. But 1861. You know, we, we, we're not shouting them out. <laughs> <laughs> 18 something something made good chicken and waffles. 19th century. <laughs> right. Somewhere in the 19th century. It's a, little, it's, a, you know, it's a little under the building. Um, mm-hmm. Great chicken and waffles. I love some of that. Um, oh, brisket breakfast burrito from Papa's. If you know, you know. Um, there's this place called, I'm going on forever, but there's this place called The Spot in Galveston. Fire Po' Boys. There's a place called Swamp Shack. And you, where is that at? I don't remember exactly where it's at. We can Google. We can Google. But me and my little brother spit like this $90 plate. Expensive, right? Deal. Four or five pounds of crawfish. Crab legs. The potato corn sausage, of course. Uh, shrimp. What do you call them things that you crack open with the little, not mussels, oysters. 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 It had the mix for two people. It was amazing. Oh, oh, don't forget the fillets of the fish and whatnot, of course. What? All right, I'm curious about this. So if you could have, people typically ask this question, but the way in which you think I think is so profound. So I'm curious who you would have dinner with, dead or alive. Like three people. Three people. Three people, yeah. Around Sorry, table. just keep going. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Around yeah. table, dead or alive. I'm going to name every food I could possibly right. imagine. Oh, okay, I'm about awesome. to say, it's going to be, yeah. Um, this is a tough one. There's a lot of people to consider here. Probably, like, genuine answer. What might be, like, Confucius. I'd have to learn, you know, whatever version of Chinese he spoke at the time. But Confucius... I think he was a crazy thinker in a lot of ways. Um, whom else? Who's alive that I'd like to talk to? Mm. Well, that's why we asked you the question. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's so many people in the world. <laughs> um, I would want to say Socrates, but I also feel like as much as he was doing, he wasn't doing anything. He was just, like, telling them that they didn't know. But, like, mm. <laughs> so he would, he would be in the bar telling them, you don't know what you're talking about. Tell me all you know about your subject. You don't know nothing. Um, maybe him. But I thought he'd be a dull conversation. He was all just right, so Socrates Confucius, that's two, two for three. I don't know the third. I'll try to pick somebody alive. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Who's up? Uh, yep, you got some more, Jake? That was a tough one. Um... Well, we only well, we got going a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I think that, I think that probably covered it. His lack of answering probably covered covered that. Um, the uh, mm, yeah. uh. <laughs> <laughs> we already kind of I think so. Normally we do like a last two questions ring the bell. You kind of are. He, yeah, he did he that gave, nice. Well, and, then, and then we know his why too. Right, I know, I know your why, and and I'm not trying to get emotional again. Um, <laughs> what's one piece of advice you would give to your 16 year old self? Though? Not not other 16 year olds, but like your 16 year old self. My six. So the one that's like about to start, you know, yeah. DCS yeah, as, yeah, a, yeah. as an intern or whatever you. Were. Yeah. No. Um. 
I would tell them, like, it sounds crazy, but as open as I come off, there's things I limit myself on for, like, no, those hidden reasons that you only tell yourself in the mirror. Um, I would tell him that those reasons don't matter nearly as much as he thought or thinks that they do. Um, so those things that you can only tell yourself that you think matter so significantly that they're stopping you from engaging in whether it's opportunity to progress to yourself or opportunity just to have a laugh and have fun because you have these things that you tell yourself in the mirror. Um, those things, I would tell them, not that deep, not nearly. Um, and every year you want to cover, you, you still, you, every year you have more to the list of things that you only tell yourself that limit you, and then you also have things that transfer from that list and no longer inhibit you. So the more I learned that process, I would tell him that you're going to always have those things that you think are limiting you or would stop you from doing that, but don't, necessarily, don't, don't entertain those. Try to not engage those um, and push past those and experience more. I think that's great as experience that I'm having. The only regret is just not having more experiences. Because there's a, the time is the only thing you can't get back. So don't limit yourself with the shadow thoughts. <laughs>